Congratulations, you found it! This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read, recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerds Jessica Butcher and Josh Lupton. Together, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. Today's Kiss of Ginger Day. Come no. here, Jessica. Nope. I learned that I do not like the taste of ginger. Ooh, I do. Oh, I don't either. I had a Moscow mule and I was like... <laughs> I love that noise. I was like, awesome noise. I was like, what is this? It's like weirdly spicy. I don't know. Oh, I love that spicy. But it's like weird spicy. I don't oh, have a jalapeno. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I don't know. Love me some ginger. I don't like beer. Thanks. I love beer and ginger. I love ginger beer. I love gingers. I love Ed Sheeran. Love Ed Sheeran is pretty awesome. He's a sexy <laughs> ginger right there. Ed, come on. <laughs> like, I think we make up like 2% of the population, but I have like six friends that are redheads. My family's all gingers. So I'm like, I don't see that because there are a lot of redheads around me. <laughs> I have the ginger gene. Maybe. But I didn't get it. I didn't get the red hair. Yeah, recessive gene. Yeah. So I, I found this list that I looked for last week, and I could not find it. Of course, it was laying right in my spot. I have a spot. Does anybody else do this when you first get home from uh, wherever you've been? You come home and you lay your shit right in the same spot at your mm-hmm. house. Do you have Do you have one of those? Yep. Mine's right in front of my dining room table. Mine is all over my house. <laughs> Like, my entire family. You don't have one spot? <laughs> no, I literally, like, it's either the couch or, like, the dog, top she of the dog in, cage. Stuff. <laughs> I literally don't really have one spot. <laughs> I have one spot that goes right in the same spot all the time. So I found this in my spot. Our family's like the pool table. I have a trail. <laughs> my a trail. <laughs> Welcome to Nicole's trail. It's like breadcrumbs. You have to find your way back to the door. <laughs> it's like a, is that like the ha- hamster habitat? <laughs> Nicole has a little hamster trail habitat around her house. <laughs> the keys are between the bed and the garage door. <laughs> Somewhere. All right. Well, anyway, this list is called 50 DIY Reading Challenges to Make 2018 the Best year of your reading life and i do believe this was a book riot list yeah i think so they talked about book riot a lot on there yay for book riot so the reason i like this and remember how i had said on last um last week's podcast i said how i liked really bizarre reading challenges well the one i picked off of here was this one and it's pick a word and read five books with that word somewhere in the title and we're talking a random word here, like... It can't be the... Pick a word, any word. Llama. Oh, llama. Oh, llama. Okay, so the word is llama. And she, you know why she said that word? Because you have, your you llama have a llama shirt. on your shirt. Because I have a llama on my shirt today. Now, that is totally random. Okay, so that's my word. So I have to pick... I have to... During this year, I have to read a book... I have to read... How many books? 
I have to read five books with llama somewhere in the title. <laughs> like, Good luck. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. You're going to be like reading the history of llamas because you or can't find any children's books. <laughs> My llama don't like you and she likes everyone. All right. So here's the list. Jessica found one on there that she liked. I liked the one that said read a book about or written. Oh, my God. Reading out loud, this is my high school nightmare. Okay. Read a book about or written by a follower of each of the four world's four largest religions, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, and Buddhism. I thought that was interesting because I don't know anything about Hinduism or Buddhism. Oh. read a lot about Islam and Christianity, but mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's actually a really interesting point that you bring up because we live in a country where the emphasis is solely placed on Christianity and occasionally Judaism, well, inversions Judaism yeah. comes up right but you rarely hear people talking about at least in our circles because mm-hmm. we're a bunch of white bread girls right here right mm-hmm. you rarely hear the other uh, world religions come up at all mm-hmm. oh yeah so it's a good challenge for us to take yeah. a look and see what else is out there and maybe find out a little bit more about it. that's part of the reason I liked like The Kite Runner and A Thousand Splendid Suns so much was because it was like different. Because I got to learn some stuff about Islam and their people, but also their culture that goes with their religion and what right. they believe. Right. It's one of those roundabout things yep. where you're reading about it without really going in depth. It's not like a textbook, but you get like the... Right. How the it flavor. You get the way they worship in their everyday life. Mm-hmm. You get... A lot of interesting detail that you might not get from other sources. I actually took a religious class when I was in college, and it was one of my favorite classes. And they talked about those four religions and Judaism Mm -hmm. was the ones that we discussed. And it was really interesting hearing and learning about all of the different, you know, ways that they and some of them are surprisingly the same. And some of them are completely different from each other. Mm-hmm. But I, I, that was one of my favorite classes. Yeah, it's interesting to learn about different like walks of life. I think it's mm-hmm. fun. But did you see anything in like there it. that trips your trigger, Nicole? Yes. Okay. Which is one I mis- mentioned in our la- last podcast, and it has to do with feminism. So for every book you read that is written by a man, follow it up with a book that is written by a woman regarding the same subject to see their differing opinions or like the way they twist a story. Okay, so if you read a book written by a man, a science fiction book written by a man, you got to then go and find a book, a science fiction book written by a woman woman about the same topic? Which will, yes, well, well, I don't know how it Basically, would work for science fiction. fiction yeah. Science fiction. I was about to say, that would like, be really hard. For historical fiction or, you know, different, I don't know. But I think the least amount of, like, women authors are in science fiction. Exactly. That's why I said that. So that would be difficult. So that would be an even harder challenge for someone like you who loves to read science fiction. Right. And science fiction and fantasy, uh, definitely, there are a lot more women entering the field right now and a lot more um, really good stories coming out of it which is really hard for me I'm finishing up mostly harmless right now you know how hard it would be to like find another 
fact. You can't. Even close no. to anything it's like that? It's just too weird. <laughs> just Douglas too Adams weird. was in a category all by himself. <laughs> he is something. Yes. What about you, Bonnie? Is there anything on that list that, that does anything at all for you? Um, I was going to do the one that was read books on two devices that you usually, or two ways that you usually don't use. So you're a you're, you're a what a ninety five percent audiobook reader? Oh, probably 99. more than that. Probably ninety eight, ninety nine percent. I mean, I think last year I read two actual books. Okay, so and everything else was audio. Right, so mostly audio. So and um, I just got a Kindle for Christmas. Yay! Santa brought a Kindle, and so I'm gonna download my first Kindle book this weekend. So that'll be one. And this this says just read one book on two separate ways than your normal way. But I'm going to do like, you know, try to make it like five on each. Just so it's more of a challenge mm-hmm. than just one. Spread it out a little bit. Right. That's cool. So that's, you know, I looked at some of these about the different kinds. And like the one, um, <clears throat> the one about the um, picking a book that starts with... <laughs> Every letter of the alphabet. That one sounded really interesting, but here's here's what happens when I try those kind of reading challenges. Then I can never find, I can't find a book when I need it for what I need it for because with me, if I did the alphabet challenge, I would have to go in order. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then I'd be frustrated because I can't find a book and I would just throw it out. Like I'm done so. Like you said, make challenges that are doable for you. That's right. right. So you have to be honest with yourself. And I would honestly know the frustration that I would feel trying to find a book like that. So, <laughs> and if I went out of order, it would just. That's how I felt when we had to find uh, books about technology for our Halloween podcasts. Yeah. It took me forever. And then the one I found, I was kind of like, well, that was kind of. Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you go outside the norm. I was really trying to, you know, go outside the box mm-hmm. for a scary themes you know well it's good to it, go the only the one box, i could think but... of was christine and i was like that's too generic i need to find something different and then it was a really <laughs> like i knew someone in this group was going to read christine <laughs> and of course we didn't <laughs> now one of the one of the things on this list that i thought was worth at least a mention and a discussion i loved this idea can you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up when you were a kid this says, read a book, fiction or nonfiction, about that career, or make a list of your top five dream careers, and then read a book that features each of them. What did you want to be when you grew up, Fonny? I wanted to join the Air Force, or be an airplane pilot. She wanted to be an airplane pilot, but tell them the other thing you wanted to be when you grew up. What? You said you wanted to be a secretary. Oh, a secretary and commute to work. <laughs> I had low expectations. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was incredible. She actually, you know, some little girls, you know, grow up wanting to be a uh, nurse or, you know, something like that. No. Bonnie wanted to be a secretary and commute to work every day. And I actually had was typewriter doable. games that I used to play because I thought it would be cool to learn how to type really fast. I, both my parents were kind of health field. My mom's a transcriptionist and my dad's a medical technologist. So I knew I wanted to do something med field because I wanted to be like them. They're my role models. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. something medically related, which I could probably find some interesting stuff to read about. Yeah. And that's what you're going to school for, right? Physical therapy? PT. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you, Nicole? What did you want to be when you grew up? 
A doctor. Okay. So that'd be super easy to find a book on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would love it still, even though I decided not to be a doctor. (laughs) Mostly because I hate math. Yeah. Yeah. There are math classes involved. Yeah, math really sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking the physical part of joining the military would have been a real problem for me, so... (laughs) (laughs) I ixnay that idea. Yeah, I see all those pictures of boot camp, and I'm like, I don't think so. You guys go ahead over there. Yeah. Terrified of needles, so I can never do what my dad does. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) So there were two things I wanted to be when I grew up. Number one, I wanted to be the first woman to fly to Jupiter... That's when I was eight. I mean, I'm I even designed, sure that's Air Force, right? I even designed my own Astronauts? spaceship. Mm-hmm. I, I had that figured out, exactly how the spaceship was going to look. There was, a, there was a separate arm of the spaceship that w- was just for women and a sp- separate arm that was just for men. Cause I, I think you got that from Star Trek. Both have to go, probably. Because they, they were separated between women's and men's I quarters? N- I don't know. What? No, I don't think they no, were. They, they were separated. Ones, they were. No, they, they were. Just, they had no. separate rooms and everything. I don't but I thought that they had separate wings. No, wings, was quarters. it by gender or species? I don't remember. Or gender and species. I just remember <laughs> thinking. I just remember thinking, gross. I don't want to be with the boys. <laughs> you know, because I'm Valid. eight. And the other thing I wanted to be was a rock star. So. You're a rock, you're a rock star in your I'm own a, car. I'm a rock star in my own car every day. Mm-hmm. So those were my two things I wanted to be. Sing the Trolls song all the way to work this morning. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had to watch, I've had to watch that movie every day this week because I've been home in the afternoons because my shifts changed, mm-hmm. and so watch Trolls every day. And it's in my head. So does, tro- does Trolls tie in with being a rock star? I don't know. I was jamming Maybe? in my car to this Trolls song. Maybe. I mean, whoever wrote that song made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So to me, true. they're a rock star. Yeah. Hey, I want to be a rock star. <laughs> okay, Nickelback. Thank you. Really? Thank you, thank you. I like that song, actually. <laughs> Throw me some nickels back over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, I, I guess I need to read more science fiction. books about jupiter (laughs) and a book about a rock star i think maybe you need to read something about astronauts astronauts like actual Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. you know real ones but i did read the martian last year and i i just finished reading artemis which is the which is by andy weir but does that count as 2018 well 2018 i read artemis in 2018 so yeah She's like, get off my back. <laughs> and that was before we... Actually, I read this beforehand. I read the list before 2018 began. So technically, I guess I kind of cheated on that. <laughs> Got a head start. Yeah, I just thought it was a cool idea to think about these things and uh, think about some different ideas and be mindful about what you're reading and, you know, challenge yourself a little bit. Why are we also blah tonight? What the hell? <laughs> Maybe we just sound, we haven't had enough swearing tonight. Anybody know any good dirty jokes? We need to get it moving in here. We need to get our blood flowing. So, so anybody get a new vibrator for Christmas? One of the titles. No, did you, Martha? Yes, I did. <laughs> Maybe that's why did she's you so really? cheery. I did. Yeah. Oh my God. Awful chipper. I don't think I needed to know that. Well, I just tried to get the conversation moving a little bit here. So obviously I'm one of the more mild people. My friends thought it would be very funny to take me to a sex toy shop. And I just like stood in the corner and was like, what the hell is wrong with people? <laughs> See, 
I think it's interesting to walk there around one fist. of those shops. A fist. Oh, yeah, I know. I've seen it. I mean, I'm not saying that I would actually buy most of the stuff that's... It is fun to go into But it's fun places. to look and it's go... It's like being a tourist. Uh-huh. I have never been in one. <gasps> Nicole, you've never been in the in the dirty sex shop? And I am not... You gotta go. I'm not upset about it. Oh, Christy's. Come on. We gotta take her to like, Christie's or take a, like, We need a field trip. Let's no. take a book girl field trip. Uh, you, you go in there and they have all the vibrators set out so that you can look at them and you can touch them and you, you can, can turn, turn them on. on. <laughs> and there's a girl that stands there to tell you all about the features of each and every one of them. And like, she's disturbed as I am right now. <laughs> and she it's doesn't true, even though. blush. No, they don't. Yeah. Mm-mm. I went to Victoria's Secret the other day. Never been in there. And they were trying to, like, I felt so overwhelmed. I felt like I was getting attacked. Because they're like, do you need a bra fitting? And I'm like, stop touching my tits. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to buy yoga pants. <laughs> I wish we had video right now. Jessica's got her arms crossed across her chest. He's like, <laughs> Victoria's yeah. Secret I can handle. But yeah. not, like, they're really aggressive. weird penis t- things that <laughs> use batteries. Like, I have a penis that doesn't use a battery. That I can use whenever I want to. Hear that? She has a penis that doesn't have a battery. <laughs> well, mine doesn't Out have a battery. Out of Travis. <laughs> Out of context, that would have been hilarious, Nicole. Oh, God. <laughs> Jessica's about 600 shades of red. I can look. Okay. My friends and I, did, we're, we thought about playing Dirty, Dirty Santa. Like, getting, like... Filthy Santa. Yeah, yeah filthy, filthy Santa. Santa. Bad <laughs> filthy Santa. That, Justin's response was, you know... I feel like at the beginning of that, everybody would wonder whether or not I had a pocket pussy. But at the end of that, everyone would know that I had a pocket pussy, which is kind of embarrassing. And I was like, that's your concern? <laughs> Justin's just a filthy boy. <laughs> he just makes me laugh. When is he coming back on the show, by the way? Whatever. <laughs> We're going to go drink after this. So that's cool. <laughs> oh, we, we need the trip, Nicole. We've never been in one of those places. You have to go just for the experience. I'm not sure about that. It's so funny. Well, it's not like they force you to buy no, anything. No, just but... the reason that it's good is that... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying I am too embarrassed because of my own feelings. <laughs> like, I can barely go into TJ Maxx by myself because I get, like, embarrassed by just being by myself. So going into a place where I there's, like, penises and vaginas everywhere is going to be a bad... check when I have to buy underwear. A, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what, it's very freeing, though, once you've done it because then it's like, oh, that's really not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Dude, I go to American Eagle and want to buy underwear in the clearance section but I'm like trying to stand by me so nobody can see me picking out underwear that's it we're taking her nope <laughs> we are I'm probably gonna scream and <laughs> kick cry Kid latch onto first. Jessica and we're gonna video it <laughs> the whole thing no way <laughs> <clears throat> well now that we got that out of the way I mean, you guys keep talking about doing a YouTube channel. I didn't there say anything you about a YouTube channel. <laughs> right there. That would be hilarious. Taking the youngins to a sex shop. <laughs> That's why you have a dirty old lady on the program. I'm it's- the oldest. I am the senior member. And it is my job to indoctrinate the young people into the ways of the world. To educate you. I mean, it's not like we're buying you a hooker or anything. <laughs> No. I've never been to a strip club. I'm not going to buy you a vibrator. I just want you to know what it looks like and so that you can, you know, make good choices. Are you going to take us to a strip club, too? Because we've never been to one of those, either. Actually, going to a strip club is an interesting 
endeavor because you can <laughs> you can really see what fake titties look like. You know, women don't get the chance to look at fake titties. I mean, I'm not really sure I want to. <laughs> I have boobs. Like, I can literally take my shirt off and look in a mirror anytime I want to. Yeah, but fake titties look different than natural titties. Uh-huh. <laughs> they stay uh-huh. in place. I'm sure mine I'm are just thick. about the same size. I, I, I'm saying all A little of bit this, rounder. Bonnie, place. I'm saying all of this because the look on their faces is the best thing ever. Like, I literally have anxiety right now, guys. I know, and I'm <laughs> like, loving it. I'm my loving heart. It. Like, somebody needs to go get my Xanax. You gotta get a PG-13 for me and Nicole, even though we're like... I mean, I can say fuck finally, but... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! I don't want to see anything else. No, strip clubs are not for you, believe me. They're not... The strip club is... I like booze. I don't really like... Well, I mean, I went to this time with a bunch of people, and it really wasn't that big a it's deal. Kinda, we find, sat yeah. kind of back. Oh. The stage was a little bit further away. I mean, if you don't want to go up to the stage, you just sit in your booth and, and drink and... The titties stay up there. I, it's just... It was... I was watching going... <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, how much muscles do you have to have for that? I'm not worried about the actual people. That's not what makes me uncomfortable is mm-hmm. like they can do whatever they want and I like don't really care. It's just I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> you feel just so like you're like I just violating them. Like I'm like, so sorry. I didn't I'm sorry. Like yeah. Let's mm-hmm. leave the strippers and the sex toys behind. And move at least for now. At least for now, <laughs> and for the moment. And I, yeah, <laughs> because Jessica does have a book that fits in with that this oh, week. It does. How fortuitous is that? It's great. Let's let her go first. Okay. So I read Tales of Ordinary Madness by Charles Bukowski, and I brought the book with me. I'm going to read this quote off of the front of it because it like sums it up perfectly. It says, "Dirty realism from the Godfather of low life literature." And I can't think of any better way to sum that up. It's a book of short stories, and they're just so real. Like, I guess for, like, like low-life lifestyle kind of thing. Like, there's just... Low-life, like, trailer trash? No, just, Redneck? Like, more or... like just down and out. Like, he's a, a poet living in a time when no one cares about literature, and, like, it's written... It's, like, copyrighted around 1967, so it's got a lot to do with, like, Vietnam. One of the stories that in it that I liked really well was called um, Doing Time with Public Enemy Number 1, and he's in jail because he's a draft dodger, or an alleged draft dodger, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's in, in a cell with this, like, murder-rapist guy who's Public Enemy Number 1, and he's just, like, this draft dodger. But he actually did not dodge the draft, apparently. It's a mix-up because he moved... And didn't leave a forwarding address, so he which dodged, is pretty much the same thing. <laughs> but then oh, he like, I just moved and forgot to tell you. Yeah, but then he like went for the draft check-in thing, and so and gave him his new address, and then they arrested him for dodging the other draft. And so that's how he got arrested. And this, it's just funny. There's like, and it, it's like everything from that. There's one called, and but it's like a weird. Oh, it's called cunt. Can't like K A N T like the philosopher and a happy home, and it's like the weirdest parallel because he's a poet and he's really into literature and classical music and these big philosophies, but he's also talking about strippers and getting drunk and like he just is like it's just the weirdest parallel. <laughs> 
but hmm. I really enjoyed it because it was something different. And it was like, I would read a short story every now and then whenever I was getting tired of whatever I was reading. And it was like a little palate cleanse. Like, it was like, oh, that was different. <laughs> it ties in really well because it's a story about people who are just kind of down and out and having to do whatever it takes to get by. Like, one of the stories has to do with, like, prostitution. Like, he's giving this lady money to have sex with them so she could pay for her son to eat. And, like, that's one of the stories. And it makes him feel good about himself, which is really weird spin on that. But I don't know. Strange. Um, but I liked it. It's different. Hmm. And, and, it's, and it is considered classic because he, strange and, and filthy as the man has been considered he he has a place in yeah. in literature he really does yep some of the short stories in here he writes like as himself there's one oh what's it called great poets die in steaming pots of shit is written as himself it's very fitting <laughs> in a grocery yeah. store with this guy following him he's like you're a great poet why are you putting it all away da 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 on and on and on and he's like great poets die in steaming pots of shit <laughs> like has this long conversation with this guy about why he doesn't he isn't making money being a poet during this time that's interesting yeah pretty fitting too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, all right still accurate mm-hmm. yep definitely yeah it's, okay what's the title and artist of that uh, again please tales of ordinary madness by chuck charles bukowski Okay, shall we go for a new topic now? One that does not involve strippers? <laughs> Prostitutes. I mean, mine's far away from it, but what do you got? Mine's another science fiction. Oh, mine is totally not. I can do mine that way. We, you can break up the science fiction books. Okay. Unless you guys want to do the opposite. Go ahead. Or we go keep ahead. them together. Knock okay. yourself out. So I read The Magicians by Lev Grossman and... I had no idea what this book was really about. I remember, like, maybe two or three years ago, Travis getting sick and me coming home one day while he was laying on a couch watching the TV show and thinking it was interesting. So I found this when we were on our Thanksgiving uh, or Black Friday shopping shopping spree at Half Price Books. Um, And this was in the clearance section, and I paid $2 for it. So that's actually why I purchased it. Okay, so essentially The Magicians is about this kid and in high school and towards like his senior year, he has been reading these books his entire life, just like we've been reading Harry Potter our entire lives, Mm -hmm. Jessica. Mm -hmm. And he has always (laughs) wanted to be a part of this magical world. And one day he gets this letter thing and he starts like the note blows away and he chases it and ends up in a magical land. As much as people compare this to Harry Potter because there's a lot of magic involved, it is also completely different from Harry Potter. And it is, it is a lot more sinister and dark and like more terrifying than <clears throat> Harry Potter. Um, but essentially this, uh, this kid, uh, he finds himself uh, at a school in which they teach magic but it's for university students but in this world magic is a lot of science and like manipulating with somehow it doesn't go into great detail but like manipulating elements and all of this stuff like just weird stuff um and it's a lot kind of their their type of magic is a lot different than like harry potter like world 
man, man, manipulating elements like alchemy kind of thing? Um, there's some well, alchemy, but there's also like um, they use like ancient texts to come up with spells and they do read the spells and they do like hand gestures that right. somehow manipulates like, but the, the, a lot of the spells will use like chemistry elements or um, ingredients. And in this world, um, if you use, like, you have a certain amount of power and you, over time you have to, like, uh, you, like, uh, I don't know what the correct word is, but, like, you build your power up over time, um, just like you grow older. And if you use all of your power, like, on a certain spell or something, like, you can die. But you turn into this weird thing that they talk about in the book. But essentially it's about this kid and he goes into this, um... Okay, so one of the parts that I love about this book is that there is not one main story. And what I mean about that, like, with that is there are three climaxes. If you're thinking about uh, story structure, there are three different main story parts to the first book. Do you agree, Martha? I would definitely agree. Okay, just making sure. Yes. And so, um, but yeah, so he... Uh, has been reading this book about Fillory, and so even though he discovers magic is real, at some point in the book, and you figure it out early on, this is not really giving anything away, but he realizes, or he figures out that Fillory is real. Right. But he's very, like, very depressed, um, even after he kind of discovers magic, because... Clinically depressed. We're talking yeah. about the use of medication and therapy, and he's he's yeah. the kind of kid that goes through all of these things through his whole life, and you know has trouble with relationships and all of these things. And so that when he discovers that magic is real, it kind of like saves his life. But then after he discovers magic is real, he goes through this stage of doing all of his classes, and he gets to the point where he graduates, and then he doesn't know what. To else to do with his life and so he becomes kind of depressed again and then a major story plot happens that I can't give away um and so it's super interesting in this like just the first book and this is a trilogy just the first book goes through like six years of his life or seven years mm -hmm. and it's pretty awesome um and it goes very in depth and all the characters are really they're very different but they're all super interesting even if you hate them and I feel like this is, I don't know, it's very unique of a story. I liked the story. I thought that it did have um, a lot of parallels with some other stories I've read over the years. It's definitely worth reading, especially if you're a Harry Potter fan and an older Harry Potter fan, because it has that high school you know, headed into college thing going for the very first beginning of it, so that if you happen to be in that category of being a Harry Potter fan. That's like a perfect, because we're like the Harry Potter generation. Yes, now. and so that makes it the perfect transition book for that generation. But I do want to say, if you go in, if you go in and read this, it is thinking it's going to be exactly like Harry nope. Potter or anything nothing like, like Harry it. Potter. No. Nope. It is nothing like it and you're going to hate it because I've after reading like I did go and read the Goodreads reviews, everybody's like I can't believe people were comparing this to Harry Potter. And it's like people were comparing this to Harry Potter because it is similar in the magic and then in your involvement with the characters, but the story is nothing. No, alike. the reason I'm saying the reason I'm using that. Is, oh no, no, because yeah. that's what I would use too. Yeah. I wasn't saying anything, but like, uh, like 
literally, I guess that's how they kind of marketed the book. And so oh, yeah. this book does not have very good reviews because of that. Right. And I also want to say it is a TV show and it's on season three. Mm-hmm. Um, the first two seasons are on Netflix. And after reading the first book, I decided to go and watch it. And oh my God, the first three episodes are like the first two thirds of the first book. Yeah. The, it is ridiculous. Yeah. The, I don't recommend looking at that. So it, Read the book. Either choose one or the other because they're nothing alike. I think you might like the TV show if you haven't read the book. But if you've read the book, you're not going to like the TV show and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but they're still, they're both interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, The Magicians and it's by uh, Lev Grossman. Okay. Shall we move on, Vani, my darling? Sure. Because <clears throat> I read, and nothing like either one of your books whatsoever. And um, this was another one that we got off of um, the list for Overdrive. And Top books of 2017 or whatever it was, <clears throat> their picks. Right. The Overdrive's list. And I did not do this on purpose. It's just the way that the books came into the library. But this is another um, biography. And this is about a lady named Lillian Boxfish. The name of the book is Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk. I love the title of that book. By so, for no other reason. That's a great title. <laughs> By <laughs> Kathleen Rooney <clears throat> is the author. And it starts out and it's 1984. And Lillian is 85 or 84 because she lies about her age by one year why she lies by one year i'm not quite sure but she said it made her feel too old to be born in 1899 so she just rounded up to 1900 so well, that makes sense <laughs> that if you think about it she wanted to be born in this she in wanted to be born in this century, century. yeah, yeah so huh. <clears throat> that's interesting so she's um you know eccentric. <laughs> she is eccentric 85 she decides that she's going she lives by herself with a cat. She decides she's going to go. She has a routine and she's going to go out for dinner that night. Well, she, for some reason, ate a bunch of cookies. So when she got to the restaurant, she wasn't hungry. So she decided, well, she was going to walk across town to this other restaurant and eat. So, <clears throat> and this all <laughs> takes place on New Year's Eve in 1984. So they're ringing in to 1985. And the whole book is basically her walking like this 10-mile loop around the city and because, you know, she goes to the restaurant and decides she's going to go somewhere else and then decides, you know. On one night. Because she all ate one many night. cookies. Yeah. <laughs> and I relate. I would do that. Yeah. I'd eat too many cookies. So, and it's just about, it kind of goes through her life. As she's walking. So she's, she's remembering. Kind of, yeah, she's kind of remembering like different points in her life. And she, like I said, she was born in 1900. So in 1930, she lived in New York and she was in advertisement for Macy's. She's one, she was the highest paid advertising woman who worked for Macy's. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. And um, of course, this is in a time that you know, when you decided that you were, you were female, you decided you were going to have a family, you were basically fired. Right. I mean, you didn't, yeah. they didn't, you, there was no maternity leave. Yeah. <laughs> you basically lost your job. So once she, you know, decided to have a family and everything, she went freelance. But it just kind of talks 
about her life and and it like goes to current stories of people that she encounters on her her little trek around the city and stuff and it's it's really interesting and it reminded me a lot of that one book that you read the hundred year old man that crawled through the window and disappeared oh yes it's been a while ago since you but it's like all these little adventures (laughs) and this is kind of her she's like has all these yeah adventures and i really like the way that this was written because it was on a very personal level with the main character so Mm -hmm. you could really get a feel for this eccentric 85 year old lady who decides to go on a 10 mile walk around the city in her mink coat that she's never even worn outside of her apartment oh ever. My gosh. And on New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve that she bought when she was 30 years old. So she's had this mink for 50 years and has never worn it outside. I, f- I know people like that. <clears throat> That's like, amazing. Yeah. People like that in the clinical. Again. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Um, her life was was interesting. I thought the book went a, a little long. It probably could have been. Uh, she probably could have walked a little faster on her little trek. <laughs> I remember but... that comment at the library on Wednesday night. <clears throat> yeah, I remember you saying, "Carl, I think maybe she should have taken a shorter walk." <laughs> <laughs> it could just be because my next book wasn't at the library and I wanted to start reading it because <laughs> I have another Ken Follett book that I'm reading right oh. now. <laughs> Follett was waiting for you at home. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but but I stuck it out, and it was a good book, and I did enjoy it. And it's I really like the the way that it's written on a personal level. It was it was a decent read. It was called Lillian Boxfish Takes a Walk by Kathleen Rooney. Sounds good. I dig it. And I am going to do something I have not done for quite a while on this podcast. I'm going to review a book that I'm going to give five stars. I don't remember the last time I did it, but it has been a while since I have been this in love with a book. It is called The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane by Lisa C. And I read it because it was on the list of the best books of 2017. Um, I'm pretty sure that it was on a Book Riot list, but I know that it was also on the Overdrive list. I have to tell you that I did cry at the end of this book. Wow. wow, it made the Tin Man cry? Yes. That's crazy. I know. It's, for some reason, this book reminded me of Memoirs of a Geisha. Not because they're alike, but because that was the feeling that I got from it. Because it's, it's about an Asian girl who goes through a lot of horrible things in her life and then overcomes. But, like I said, they were nothing alike. The story begins with a girl who lives in a very small village, in a hill village in China. She, she doesn't really have a particularly horrible life when she's growing up. She lives in a village where they have, well, she has, um, um, let's see, she has a couple of brothers. Um, they, they basically raise tea in her village. Her mother is, uh, she lives with her entire extended family. Her brothers still live there with their wives. You know, it's this whole extended family. And she's the only daughter. And her dowry, really what's left of it, which is not much of anything, is this tiny little grove of trees 
with these ancient tea trees in it that's completely worthless in the eyes of the family. Nobody knows where it is except her mother, and it belongs to the women of the family. Well, in China, there are rules about what you can own, and you know, based on based on the government of China, all of those rules are, you know, you can't keep track of all that shit because of the way their government runs. But based on their family rules, that land belongs to her family, her line of women. And it's considered worthless by everybody in the family. But that tea grove with those few little tea trees in it is the central focus of the book in a lot of ways. Those tea trees are older than, I mean, they're thousands of years old, these tea trees are. And the, the, the mother takes care of the trees. She uses them for medicinal purposes. She's basically like a doctor in the family. She cares for all of the people. She's a midwife. She cares for um, people who come for cures or whatever. Um, and she has this tea cake that she's brought, that her family, her ancestors brought with them um, from wherever they came from that she's kept that's like her that she passes down to her daughter well the circumstances under which China exists as a government whole you know about the one child policy right Mm -hmm. where they're not allowed to have more than one child Um, and that caused a problem where a lot of families had gotten rid of children Mm-hmm. You know, they they didn't want the female children, so the orphanages are full of female children. Um, but this particular village that she lives in doesn't isn't isn't affected by those rules because they're ethnic minorities, so they so they don't have to follow the same rules. But in their, it's like almost like a religion because they have these weird beliefs where, um, for example. In one early part of the book, one of the um, people gives birth to twins, and that's the most unlucky thing in the world. And they do something horrible to the babies, you know, because that's not acceptable. I mean, and, and then they, not only that, the mother and the father of the twins are exiled from the community immediately, like right after giving birth. That's just an example of one of the things that happens in the book. That's weird. So that's the atmosphere under which they're living. Really seriously strong super superstition and tradition and hardship. But this girl that's at the center of it is such a rebellious little spirit. Um, she just absolutely, she's training to be a midwife because she's the only daughter. But she you can just see it in her. You can see how rebellious she becomes. And the story is about her from the time she's small until the time she grows up. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the name of that thing again, you said, Jessica? Bildungsroman. Right. Same thing again. It's a book I picked. Um, <laughs> a, a she Coming of age com, A coming of age story um, because it follows her from the time she's a small child until the time she's old. Mm-hmm. And it tells her entire life story. And it is an amazing, beautiful story. I felt, 
amazed and horrified and completely immersed from the moment I started reading it. I don't know how else to describe it, but just to say that it was beautiful. So I can't recommend it any higher. Five stars for me. I thought it was wonderful. The Tea, the tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane by Lisa C. I mean, I told you at the library, it sounds interesting, but probably not one that I would yeah, the have chi- the same feelings for. I don't for. know. The Chinese culture, for me, I'm usually not drawn to that so strongly. Because you enjoyed Memoirs of a Geisha I did. more than I did. I mean, I did love and that I also book, liked, but you liked it more than I did. And I also liked China Girls. And I did not like that right. book. <clears throat> but this so. one, oh my gosh. Whoa. I mean, I would probably like And the it, adoption. There was a big adoption theme. I totally forgot to mention the adoption theme, mm-hmm. which is probably why the Tin Man ended up crying her head off at the end. Because my son is adopted. And there was a very, very strong adoption theme in this book. Mm-hmm. So anybody who has an adopted child should read this book. Definitely. Because it was wonderful. It really was. Okay, I'm done gushing now. <laughs> and didn't you say that was, is that the one that was her first novel? What? No, 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 no. Was that, that was a different book? Yeah, okay, different one. Okay. It made me homesick for a place I've never visited. Mm-hmm. Nicole, are we ready? Yes. Okay. Do you want to introduce it? You're, in, you're better speaking than I am. <laughs> I don't think so, but. <laughs> um, I so, say weird things. <laughs> Uh, an author contacted us uh, several months ago because we are lame and pro- we just well, we've had a long, while yeah we've had a long this. list of things to get through and in so the holidays yes and other things but uh, she asked us if we would read this book and review it and it is called Emerson Page and Where the Light Enters um, it is part of a series I well it's not a series yet but it will be because it is also titled Emerson Page Number 1, and it is by Krista uh, Avampado. And... We both read it. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's another reason it took us so long to read it. Well, uh, review it, is because we everybody had to read we it. We wanted to make sure that more than one person had a chance to read it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, this is a very good book um, for mm-hmm. a younger person. Younger, Definitely. like how... I know I started to read it, and the reason I passed it off to you guys is because I felt it was a little on the young side for me. I'm thinking younger than 13. Yes, yeah, like very young. Around that age. So I if you have really a younger good. girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and okay, so another reason I loved, or that's awesome about this book, is that uh, she actually has a foreword, and she talks about why she chose to write this book and why there's a, a female main character, and she talks about how um, children who are girls don't really have a whole lot of books to read that have main characters who are also female, and point. so she wanted to write a book in which um, young girls could look up to. Right. So, and the rest of the page is really good with that. It's like you don't get a lot of I mean you get like a prologue that gives you some of your backstory and it's kind of her growing up in that way sort of but mostly it takes place in in a couple of days right or a few weeks um I'm 
No, it's like a few weeks because there's like the hospital stay. Or, yeah. So, um, but it's very quick. But it's like this transformation of her being like this really shy, timid girl into being the hero and getting over her anxieties and her fears and stepping up to the plate, which I really liked. It's a good theme. Mm-hmm. I also really liked the concept of like the nine muses being a house. That was a really interesting concept for yes. me. Yes. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of uh, about a, a, a young girl who. Um, her mother dies, and she's trying to figure out what happened to her mother. And she finds out that there's this whole magical world that she didn't really know about. And part of it was the muses. So there's like a music and art. They're the descendants of the nine muses in like Greek mythology. Yeah. Oh. And so I thought that was like one of the coolest ideas ever to that base a novel off. And of. they have houses. It's oh. kind of like Harry Potter in a weird way, like that. But like how they have the four houses of the four founders, they're the muses. Have oh, houses. cool! Which is really neat. I thought that was cool, and and uh, so the entire story is super interesting. Um, but it's perfect for a very young reader uh, who maybe because it is um, a little bit longer. It's not like a it's it's a chapter book, um, so it's not for like really young but right. it's uh, perfect for a younger reader who can read something like this um, because it doesn't like dwell on details it's or, really quick paced yeah, it's very quick paced it'll keep somebody like a young child or not a young child but like somebody's attention mm-hmm. um, so it's good for like middle school age yeah because it can keep your attention I think the main thing that Nicole and I were we wanted a little like more detail and more backstory yeah. and on I, these characters. Yeah. I think part of that is because we did come from the Harry Potter generation and we're, so when we come up with something like the Nine Muses, we want like, more, every more, information more, more, more. possible yeah. about that that you can <laughs> give us. And this was more focused on Emerson and her like what's gonna happen next. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it could be if she's gonna do more books, she could go into detail like in her yeah. later books because with Harry Potter like uh, some of the details came in the later books, didn't it? Because like them, the yeah. first one was basically Harry Potter finding out he's a wizard, blah blah blah. But like, well, this isn't really like not that type of detail. It's kind of more like character detail, every yeah. everything detail. Oh, okay, mm. yeah. Like uh, and this is her first. This is her first book, right? Yes. Right. I, so. As far as I'm aware. In writing style, would she have pretty good writing style? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's not bad. It's for like middle school probably. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, it's very interesting. Cool, cool. But yeah, but we both really liked it for like all of those reasons. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Like I'm, I'm interested to see where she goes with it from what she's laid out so far. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, in her in her next in the series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think her ideas and everything are really awesome, and so I'm also hoping that one day she writes a book for an older crowd. There you go, Krista. There's your we're throwing down the gauntlet, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Bring out those muse houses for us. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Loved it. All right. So, what was the um, title and artist of the book once more? Uh, it's Emerson Page and Where the Light Enters, and it's by Krista Avampado. Sweet. Be a good gift for a young girl, would, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely gives you someone to look up to, because you've got this little girl who's got... It's kind of hard, and she's got a lot of just 
obstacles issues and she just when people need her she fights through it and it's really inspiring in that way for sure awesome do you know what you're reading this week uh gosh i'm about five books ahead now in fact i shared it on our on our um facebook page there was a list in there for mysteries and there's one that i'm reading right now it's called six suspects because swarump it's indian like not it sounds like you have a speech impediment like when east, you're saying that East indian and it takes place in india mm-hmm. and you know i just totally dig that love that indian stuff so i'm having a blast with that right now i don't know if i'll end up reviewing it but it is definitely a great palate cleanser to go right after a very serious book with the tea tree the tea girl and then going straight into dystopia with the future home of living god and and now into this and then i'm going to go to never let me go which i do believe is another i love dystopia. love story never let me go no i don't think so if it's the one i'm thinking about by kazuo Ish- ishiguro no i don't think so i think i'm going to find a medical book to read I'm gonna get <clears throat> do one off of that list, maybe medical book. I have one on my shelf, actually. I think. Oh, <coughs> a medical. I've seen book? that movie. Never let me go. Yeah. Are you sure that's the same one? Yeah. Don't well, and it on. is kind of a little bit of a love story, but it's not. <laughs> that's not what it's about. <laughs> is that a Bon Jovi song? Broadcasting <laughs> students ex- uh, in an English countryside. Mysterious teachers constantly reminding their charges of how special they were. Years later, Tommy and Ruth re-entered life. The first time she's beginning to look back at the shared past, understanding what it is that makes them special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ew. Don't just read it. It's actually really interesting. It's like the whole love story thing is like a very little part. If, if oh. it's anything like the movie, the only I reason read I the book. Uh, the only reason I stuck it on my list is because it was supposed to be my kind of book I think it will be okay because if it's a love story I'm going to be really pissed sometimes there's love in things okay Martha sometimes there's love in things however you got married I'm not really sure (laughs) I married an engineer Uh (laughs) uh-huh he has has about as much romance in his body as as this phone (laughs) you've met him you know apparently he makes good pizza though oh man yes he does he builds things and Makes pizza. Yeah. And, and that's really sexy. Yeah. So see, there's the romance right there. That's right. It's he cooks hot. for you. Yeah. Romance and the battery-operated boyfriend. Have you seen those uh, like shirts and stuff that say, just feed me tacos and touch my butt? Yes. <laughs> feed me tacos. Feed me pizza and touch my butt. Mm-hmm. Battery-operated boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right back where we started again? Mm-hmm. Yep, came full circle. Okay, we should probably end this podcast. <laughs> Nicole's has uh, hives, guys. And Somebody that's like it itching. for. Here we go. Oh my god, Nicole, She's starting to get hives. <laughs> I can hear the little humming noise right, right now. Bye, guys. <laughs> and that's gonna do it for. Three Book Girls. Three Book Girls are on Twitter and join the conversation on Facebook. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.